Last time on Improv Tabletop, our heroes out in space were front to front with Lord Farquaad of Borg. They did a little bit of reasoning with him, which ended up with them escaping because of the ineptitude of his friend, the Executioner. <laughs> they flew off down to a nearby planet where they needed to mine some dilithium crystals so they could make it back to, you know, whatever other new place they're trying to get to. They need to, they need the crystals. That's mm -hmm. the main thing. <laughs> so they got themselves teleported down to the surface along with the seven dwarves. They sent the seven dwarves off to mine some crystals while they went off in search of intelligent life and discovered a cottage wherein Fiona and some of the other people from the fairy tale land had been uh, sequestered away after they had been kidnapped by Lord Farquaad. They just barely managed to escape and they were hiding on this planet. But now that Farquaad was back in the vicinity, they knew they needed to escape. Um, while they were there, Jinji also got replicated. And that's something that <laughs> yes. happens that maybe will have uh, ramifications later in the story. <laughs> they decided that they were going to go back up to the ship in search of the magic mirror in hopes of asking it for some assistance. And when they finally found it, they discovered that Shrek had been trapped inside the magic mirror due to some weird teleportation slash magic shenanigans. Mm -hmm. After uh, examining what happened to Shrek and also what happened to Leonard Cattoy during his teleportation accident, they determined that there are a couple of external forces at play here. Two witches, two fairy godmothers, one good, one bad, acting against each other. And we left off with Captain Butts declaring that it was time to go to the Oz system. What's going to happen next? Let's find out here in the world of Star Shrek. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Christian Randall, your captain. Connor Wood, set your phasers to fun. <laughs> Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and I am very good with the Riker maneuver when I sit on my chair. <laughs> Connor, I'm trying to remember, doesn't your brother have a band Dang. that has like an EP called Set Phasers to Fun or something? Yes, they do. The Mod Rats, which is stardom backwards. Uh, they have an album <laughs> called Set Your Phasers to Fun. Nice. That's a, that's a deep cut. Dude, yeah, and their hit song, uh, Let Me Be Your Jonathan Frakes, I think I, is what it's called. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. You know their discography better than me. I know E minor battle is a good one. Nice. So yeah, everybody, a little uh, mini plug section. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to Connor's brother paying bass. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay, Oz, Oz, let me just compose myself. So you are in the engine room with Shrek trapped in a mirror. Shrek's like, all right, we're going to Oz. Can somebody get me off this wall? Oh, yes, let me do that. But first I'm going to put on a shirt because I've been missing one. And so I put on a red shirt <laughs> and then oh. because I need oh. one to be. Uh -oh. I need a, a power up later. So uh. and I pick up the mirror. Cool. All right. Cool. Uh, we got <laughs> this is giving me like link swapping tunics sort of vibe. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, mm, not my favorite mirror. My Usually my favorite mirror is let me see myself. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're walking along with like the mirror under Charming's arm, Shrek is like peering out from he's like one eye on either side of Charming's arm looking at Captain Butts and he's like why do we still have this guy here? 
We've always got to have a few people to pick up the slack. Well, some people are going to be needing to pick up the slack that he's causing. But, you know, as long as, as, long as he's alive and we've got him here, you know, he's, he's wearing a red shirt now. We can use him for bait one of these days, maybe. And let's not forget there's strength in numbers, I say, putting my arm around Leonard Cat Toy, who immediately gets into a cat fight with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to try and, once we get up to the bridge... I'd like to try and mount Shrek's mirror into the console so that I know we really can't do much travel because of the lack of dilithium crystals, but with the power of Shrek, we should be able to jump to Oz. Shrek does have a lot of power. That is known. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, put Shrek into the console and he's looking around. He's like, oh, all my friends are here. We got Gingy. We got Donkey. Is Fiona nearby? Yeah, let's go over the loudspeaker. Calling Fiona to bridge, Fiona to bridge. And as you're waiting for that, you hear the transporter kind of whir up in the corner. And I'm going to roll to see how many of the remaining four seven dwarves survive. <laughs> One dwarf appears on the teleportation <laughs> pad. Oh no! Snow White and the dwarf. What? <laughs> Snow White and the single dwarf. Snow White and the one dwarf. <laughs> Which one was it? Which one lived? That's important. Yeah. Uh, he is furious. He is livid. <laughs> uh, he comes stepping out of the teleport and he's like, "You send us down there." to die and leave our bodies behind on foreign planet soil. Here's your dilithium crystals, you barnacles. And he tosses a big old uh, bag full of crystals in front of you. I go, it's part of the job. We don't leave anyone behind. Anyway, bacon? And I hold up a thing of bacon. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, <laughs> Captain, is it just me or does this guy seem a little grumpy? Shrek glances over at him and glances back to you and says, uh, just put him in the hollow deck. He'll be fine. He'll he'll get over it. <laughs> cool. Uh, so we, I, I'm, I'm going to send Leonard Cat Toy to set up some games and activities for him in the holodeck so he can calm down. <laughs> All right. And as he enters into the holodeck, Fiona comes walking out of the holodeck and she sees the magic mirror. Her eyes are wide. She goes rushing over and uh, uh, Captain Butts, you see Fiona start like making out with the mirror right in front of you. <laughs> I, uh, what? I reach over and I grab the visor off of, I believe we established Pinocchio. It was the blind mice. <laughs> oh, it was the blind mice. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I grabbed two of their visors and I put them over each eye <laughs> to cover it up so I don't have to see it. And uh, after they finish up their reunion, <laughs> uh, Shrek turns towards you and says, all right, well, you're the captain now. We've got the crystals. What should we do? Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Charting the yellow brick road system. <laughs> All right. I think we can get warp factor nine. <laughs> Some high quality crystals. Yes. Distinkium. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you feel the warp drive, the hyper warp drive start to and you shoot through space. And while you're on your way to the Oz system, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's been happening here. Uh, we've touched base internally with Captain Butts already, kind of remembering his experiences with Captain Shrek. Uh, Leonard Cattoy slash William Katner. Mm -hmm. I suppose that with, with this recent sort of remembering of that experience you had, that transporter accident, let's go back in time to before the transporter accident. What were you like before that happened? <laughs> uh, Leonard Katner was a simple cat who was focused... He had everything together, including his entire self. <laughs> and he was completely separated from any of the influences or temptation of, of catnip. He dabbled 
in the nip uh, back before his time with the the, the Federation moderation, whatever, whatever the Starfleet. <laughs> uh, and Shrek gave him the onion speech, and then he never touched catnip again. <laughs> he never touched the stuff. So, yeah, Captain Shrek really turned his eight lives he had left back around. Yeah, and after your uh, ceremony of being fully inaugurated into Starfleet, I don't know if that's the right term. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, you've got your new uniform that you're wearing, a little badge on your chest, and Shrek is with you. He's like kind of pulled you aside after sort of the after party thing where all of the new recruits were getting inaugurated into Starfleet, and he's pulled you off and he's like, Ah, well, you finally made it off the catnip. That I did. That I did, Captain, and I could not have done it without your inspiring analyzation of layers. <laughs> and how cats, too, can be like onions. Captain, I will take this to my inevitably watery grave. You have my word. And I will take this moment to my inevitably vacuous, cold, out-in-space grave. And I'm sure that later on, when things get dicey in the future, that catnip thing is never going to come back up. I absolutely agree. This will not be a problem for me or anyone else who may be important to my life later on. Yes. You know, I'm thinking back to that speech that you gave out in front of the rest of the recruits, talking about the passion that you felt for Starfleet. Ah, yes. The passion that I used to only have for catnip. <laughs> now... I am inspired to explore. I am inspired to colonize, but in a uh, in a healthy way. Yes, I love Starfleet. It represents everything I was not before joining. And now I am an explorer who is focused and sober. Yes, back in the day when you were just a little scramp out there on the streets, just completely covered in your own feces. Yep. <laughs> head, to, head to tail. Head to tail in the feces. That was part of the catnip. For those of you who are not familiar with long-term catnip usage, head to tail. Well, friend, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're put together. As am I, and I'm glad that you are three-dimensional. Would you like to, uh, would you like to scratch me behind the ears? It's an honor among my people. And as he scratches you behind the ears, you come back to the present moment. And, uh, yeah, how is William Katner slash Leonard Katoy handling all of the stress that's coming up from this crazy stuff? So we both just kind of hopped out of this memory, purring a little bit to ourselves, and we're kind of scratching for something. I don't know quite what it is, but I just feel like something's, something's missing, either from my diet or my, my system. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just feel like something besides just half of myself being gone is not there. I think I kind of need some catnip. Yeah, I'm going to <laughs> offer you a compel for your trouble. I'm missing something. Oh. There's a, uh, a greenhouse oh, on one of these no. decks. You need a, an oxygen farm, as it were. Yeah. How does compel work? <laughs> so if you act upon your trouble here oh, in a way that might be a little yes. bit uh, not great for you, then you would get a free fate point for doing that. Well... Captain, I need to use the little kitten's room. This is apropos of nothing. Doot, 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 doot. I toddle off. 
I'm going towards the greenhouse, not the bathroom. Sorry, guys. And just so you know, every time somebody says captain now, I hesitate and I look over to, to the portrait of Shrek and then I look back <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm in turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Captain Seymour Butts is having a weird day. Yeah, we're all having a weird day. True. I mean, we've got Prince Charming as well, who apparently there's stuff your mother has become involved with this situation. Yeah. When do you think was the moment that you realized that maybe your mom wasn't the greatest person? Um, well... I'm going to do a captain's log. This is a previous captain's log. Yes. <laughs> Officer Charming Log, star date, January 7th, 2001. <laughs> um, That's the first time we've canonized time. <laughs> that rules. Space January. Space January. Um, in my efforts to become Mr. Universe, I decided to join Starfleet. It seems that my mom may not be the person that she wanted. She always treats me like her little charming, but I don't think that this is going to work out. I think that she's not actually who she says she is, and I want to be a better person. So I joined Starfleet, and I aced all my exams and everything and got the red shirt because it looks better than the blue shirt. (laughs) Although the blue does go with my eyes, but red is more of a power situation, so I'm just going to stick with the red shirt. Um, I just got the job with the... The Shrimp Swamp, USS Shrimp Swamp. I can't remember what the ship's called, but who cares? <laughs> the SSS Swamp. The SSS yeah. Swamp to be their new chief engineer. So things are just looking a little good for me, and then uh, someday I will be Mr. Universe, and everyone will remember Officer Charming. Officer Charming out, and I end recording. Yeah, so that's my goal is I want to become Mr. Universe. All right. So you all are continuing to zoom along towards the Oz system, and eventually... You feel the ship starting to slow down. And as you are coming into your new area, William Katner slash Leonard Cattoy, as you come back onto the bridge, uh, roll with, what should we have you roll with? Let's have you roll with Forceful to see how well you could uh, kind of grit yourself against the catnip. We're going to make this against difficulty of four. Why not? That's a minus one, of course. (laughs) Minus one. Okay. Uh, we're going to give you, I think, a level four consequence Ooh. of strung out. Okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, dear. So I think uh, I think William's the one who wound up at the greenhouse, but I think Leonard is feeling the effects. Okay. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Just to- Your bodies are still somehow connected. <laughs> yeah. Only as far as sobriety is concerned. We can't communicate telepathically or anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. but- so you don't even know why you feel that way. Yeah. Leonard is like... <gasps> he's just he's tweaking out playing with his goatee all right so you look ahead of you and you see a big old like when you when you look up at the milky way you can see like the disc all of the stars and all of the nebulae like kind of in one big row you see before you a row of yellow and golden stars and nebulae cool. pointing in the direction of one large planet. As we as we get closer, I'm going to say, I'm going to ease the ship a little slow. I'm going to say, they've made improvements. That's no planet. It's a Dyson sphere. Oh, oh. <laughs> is it now? Oz is a Dyson sphere? Wow. <laughs> a completely solid emerald Dyson sphere. <laughs> solid emerald. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Christian, um, this is definitely just for the audience's benefit, not for Ned, who definitely remembers exactly what a Dyson sphere is and doesn't have just a vague idea. Yeah. But could you give us an explanation real quick of what a Dyson sphere is? Why, yes. Okay, class. 
Dyson Sphere is a theoretical megastructure that encompasses a star. Like, if, for us, if we were to build a Dyson Sphere, we would completely encompass the sun to capture all of its energy and utilize 100% of the energy available in the solar system. So we could become like a super civilization. So you would basically cut off the light and capture all of it and pump that energy to wherever the civilization needs it. It's like putting your planet in a super house. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's ridiculous and, you know, very much hypothetical and who knows how it would work. Basically, for simplified terms, think of putting a bunch of solar panels really close to the sun, completely surrounding it, and then plugging in Earth. Yeah. Plugging Earth into the sun. <laughs> Plug it in. It's super simple technology. Yeah. We'll get there. Next couple of years. I feel like now a rainbow washes over the screen. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. You see this emerald sphere ahead of you with this yellow road leading up to it. All right, Captain, full speed ahead. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we all jump backwards, and I like. I do like the the like. If you ever watch the old Star Trek, and they all like when they when something hits the ship, they all like jump and they like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do like a somersault. <laughs> Ooh. It's like when Power Rangers take damage. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. If you use a stabilizer on the camera, though, we're all just standing there flailing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you uh, you go full speed ahead in the direction of this Dyson Sphere. That was an order directly from the cat. No! Watch out for traffic! <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to have you roll with Quick to see if you can sort of thread the needle. You see that there is, like, a big sort of port entrance into the Dyson Sphere. Let's see if you can manage to fly through without just crashing the ship into the side of the Dyson Sphere. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, dang, that is a plus six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people can drive better when they're on catnip, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. That's another side effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you go shooting exactly through the entryway, and you can see, like, as you're approaching, there's a little welcoming party, a bunch of munchkins in, like, mech suits. And they've, got, they've got, like, balloons and a big old cake. And they're all like, we welcome you to the Oz Guild. And you just go shooting right past them. <laughs> As I'm holding on to like one of the control boards, I'm just like, Captain, I suggest that we stop and use the transporter instead of crashing into the planet. Wonderful idea, Charming. Hit the brakes. I slam those brakes. <laughs> I slam them like there's no tomorrow. All right. <laughs> we all hit the windshield. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need everybody to roll to overcome with forceful. Or roll okay. to defend with forceful, I guess, as you slam into the windshield. I'm going to roll for the attack of the force of the ship itself. Oh, I got a plus three. Minus one over here. Ooh. I got a plus two, but I'm thinking about using Hungry Like the Wharf to eat the hit. To eat the hit. That's amazing. That's, that's one way to look at it. Uh, well, the ship got a plus four to attack. Oh. Then I will use, yeah, I'm going to try, if you will allow me to justify Hungry Like the Wharf to eat the hit and add plus two, putting me at a plus four. I'm going to do a Too Sexy for my shirt. I'm going to take off my shirt and use it as like a, a, a parachute. A parachute, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, yeah, I'll let you two avoid taking any damage. Uh, Leonard Cat Toy slash William Catner, that would be five stress that you would oh take. Oh my. Would you um, like to use a fate point to reroll me? I think I'd really like that. Yeah, so I forgot to add uh, the one I got from. Oh, great. Okay, that's plus four. 
plus four. Okay. Perfect. I'd like to I'd like to suggest that uh, Leonard Katoy used I'm missing something and just misses the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> it's like in Hitchhiker's Guide. The way you fly is throwing yourself at the ground and missing. Yes. <laughs> my my favorite Star Trek movie. I will remind everybody. Yeah. So yeah, you know cats always land on their feet. You take no damage. None of you take any damage yeah. from this slamming of the brakes. So. Yes, you come to like a sort of gentle hovering orbit within the Dyson sphere, and you see at the very, very center uh, a big old star, a big old green emerald star. Ah. I, I go over and I scan. I, I go to the the uh, station with the that Spock usually sits, and he has like the thing that like shoots like blue light right into his eyes. I start looking into it. I'm like, Captain, I'm scanning. All right, roll to overcome with clever. Uh, what kind of information in particular are you trying to pick up? Uh, just what it is, if it's good or bad, I guess. I don't know, but I got a, uh, a plus one. Plus one. All right. So, yeah, this Dyson Sphere, they're capturing the energy from the Emerald Sun in order to kind of hyper-concentrate the energy supply to a civilization. Um, Christian, with a Dyson Sphere, would the planet be inside the sphere or outside the sphere? Either one, you could be inside the sphere and harnessing it, or you could just live on the exterior of the sphere. So if the Dyson sphere was like a totally uh, affordable thing, every planet would have one around it. Like that that would be the, the quote unquote ideal of utilizing the Dyson sphere. Mm -hmm. And they would all somehow be connected to transfer the energy. Yes, and they'd also have one like around the sun, which is would be the primary one. Yeah, but we'll, we'll probably just put the entire system in one big sphere. Yeah, that works for me. You are scanning around and you can see that there are five different planetoids all kind of swirling around inside of this Dyson sphere, and the energy is being pumped in towards them, and you get some powerful readings coming off of these five little planetoids here. Hmm. Oh, Captain, there's some powerful readings coming off of these five planets. Should I uh, get the transporter set to go to one? Captain, this here says that planet there is called the West. I'm getting some dangerous readings from it. Oh. Should we investigate? Well, we're here for help, not for harm. If that's called West, is there a planet called East? Hmm. That's that red one. Ah, very well. To the red planet of the east! Off we go! We have the, the big bad wolf is the transporter guy, right? I can't I can't read this episode. I can't <laughs> our, remember. Our, our beam me up Scotty guy. Yeah. 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 And so here's here's the thing. Yeah. So Charming, as you've been scanning around, you've been like picking up on the names of these different planetoids. You've got the west, the east, the north, and the south. And the fifth one is called the curtain. <gasps> ah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, the curtain. That sounds theatrical. Captain, Captain, may we please? Oh, I know we're in a hurry, but if I've learned one thing from being the captain, you never skip a theatrical experience when you have the opportunity. That's right, Captain. And a, a curtain is kind of like a layer if you think about it really hard. I'm thinking <gasps> about a lot of things really hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's set the transporter for the curtain. All right. You teleport down to the surface of this planetoid, and you discovered that, in fact, the entire thing is surrounded with a curtain. Oh. Almost a Dyson sphere itself <laughs> is surrounding this mini planetoid, and you see that there is an entrance. You walk over, and very Resident Evil style, there are four indentations <laughs> on the surface of this lock. Of course. And you see one of them is in the shape of a heart. One is in the shape of a brain. One is in the shape of 
the nerve. It's getting cool in here. And the other is in the shape of a pair of ruby slippers. Well, I know a video game puzzle when I see one, Captain. I think we have to go to the other planets to unlock the curtain. I think you're right. Or we could just try. Uh, hang on. And I really quickly get in my spacesuit and I use my little cat claws and just on the curtain. On all four of them, they just <laughs> yeah. spread out. <laughs> you're trying to tear through the curtain. <laughs> With little tiny cat claws. <laughs> oh, let me let me try something, Captain. I think I know how to I know how to solve this puzzle. And I just walk up confidently to the, the door that has a brain, and I crack my knuckles, and I just knock on the door. That's it. I just knock. <laughs> And you hear a voice booming from inside. Do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. That's about what I expected. Should we go find a brain, slippers, heart, and a nerve? Nerve? The what? nerve, yeah. Ah, yes. Is that like a little, like, <laughs> little tiny bump? Like on your tongue or something? Uh, it, it looks like the nerve, you know? Cool, yeah, yeah the, the nerve. nerve. If they only had the nerve. <laughs> I even get that one. <laughs> the nerve. Okay. Captain, which, uh, which of these four are we going to first? I think these all have little keys. Well... These look like ruby slippers to me. I say we go red first, get the slippers, and we'll just go clockwise. To the east! Yeah, so you go to the east, and uh, you teleport onto this planet, and looking around, uh, it's a very jovial, very happy sort of planet. There's bubbles everywhere. There's giant flowers as tall as trees all around you. Captain, is this real? (laughs) Just because it's happening in your head doesn't make it not real. Captain, I'll get out the tricorder and I start scanning around to see if I can scan where their slippers are. And while while he's scanning, I'm just going to walk up to people and like lift up pant legs and skirts <laughs> and look at shoes. All right. Uh, so, Officer Charming, go ahead and roll to overcome with clever. Captain Butts, as you're looking around for people habiting this planetoid, uh, you hear a rustling coming from one of the flowers off to the side and you peek around and you see a little fuzzy ball sitting on the ground. Hello, my name is Captain Butts. <laughs> to whom do I be speaking? I got a plus one, but I think I know what the fuzzy ball is. Yeah, uh, what noise do these fuzzy balls make? Because I've never actually heard them. I think they're little chirping noise. Yes. Yeah, it, give, it gives kind of like a... And it starts moving towards you. Captain, be careful, that's a tribble. That sounds incredibly cute. They are. Oh, they are. But then, then don't bring them on the ship or they'll start. I've, I've read this in, Cap- in, the, in Starfleet Academy that these things just multiply. So Leonard has one in his hand and is about to beam himself back up. What's that about not bringing one on the ship? <laughs> the one that's in your hand uh, is sniffing around at your pack and it reaches in <laughs> and pulls out a little container full of bacon. Oh, no. That's my friend! <laughs> uh, but you you can have some if you want. It's, he's, he's pretty good. It pops up in the container, chomps down a piece of the bacon, and suddenly splits into two little triples. Oh, no. Okay, let's not bring them on the ship, but we can probably use this to get what we want on this planet specifically. I bet. Come on, you guys. You're coming with me. You're going to love having two of you. It's the best. I'm going to sit down really quick with the one that I have, <laughs> and I'm going to draw a quick picture of a ruby slipper. And I'm going to say, if you bring me this, I'll give you food. And then I give the one that I have like a big, I have like a thermos of hot soup and I just like pour it on it. So it <laughs> becomes a lot with that instruction. Okay, real quick. Uh, JP, what'd you roll on your clever check? I got a one. A one? All right. Yeah, you don't pick up the location of uh, this powerful artifact, but you do pick up a very sort of bright life reading coming from off in one direction. Oh, Captain, life reading that way. And I point. We should proceed with caution. All right, everyone. 
behind me. So now I guess it's us three and a bunch of tribbles. I, I love how the shortest one is the one in front <laughs> and the captain. That's true Star Trek fashion. Why is the captain the one who's on the planet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hop on his shoulders, uh, one me per shoulder, and we're going to town on, we're making biscuits for the road. Yeah. So you stand and you like look off in that direction and you feel around your ankles this moving and you look down and you see there are... 19 tribbles uh, (laughs) from all of the soup that you just fed (laughs) and they're kind of swarming around you and they're also moving off in that direction. Good, 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 good. Oh dear. All right, we seem to be moving in the right direction. And can we sneakily make our way there? That sounds wise. Go ahead and roll to overcome a sneak. Uh, Let's make this a group thing. Leonard Cat Toy slash William Katner, you have the best sneaky. Ah. Uh, We can have you roll with sneaky. And since Seymour Butts has a plus one sneaky as well, that can give you a plus one to your result. All right. I was going to say, because I got a plus zero. So I I got no help here. (laughs) That's awesome. I got a two. A two. Okay. So you start sneaking your way along, and eventually you find your way to a, what looks like a big bubble blowing machine. Oh, dear. The thing that is creating all of the bubbles floating around here. You see one of the tribbles, like, leaps up into the bubble wand right as it's blowing, and it gets caught in a little bubble and starts spiraling around. And you hear a little sort of coming from the bubble baking machine. I'm going to roll with Clever to see if anybody notices you. Uh, you appear to have gone unnoticed. Ooh. Dang. Uh, I, I'm assuming we should keep it that way. What if we just send the trebles in to see how they do? Here, I'm going to get a piece of bacon, toss it towards that, and see what the trebles do. <laughs> As, as they're leaving, I'm going to slip little red shirts on all of them. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> One for you and you and... <laughs> yeah, you toss the bacon in that direction. The tribbles start swarming after it, and you hear a voice go, Oh, dear, terrible tribbles. What has happened? Who has made you multiply so? <laughs> and uh, Charming, you recognize the voice of your aunt, Bibbidi-Bobbidi. Oh, oh, oh uh, hi, Bibbidi-Bobbidi. <laughs> it's, it's me, Charming Warming. <laughs> oh, Charming... <laughs> It's been so long since I've seen you ever since your mother's, well, not a funeral, because I think she just kind of kapoofed out of existence, so we just had a memorial service. It's been so long since I've seen you. Come here. And she grabs your cheeks and starts pinching them. Um, since it's been so long since I've seen you, do you have a present for me? (laughs) Of course I do. Where's my gift? (laughs) She reaches into her purse and pulls out a crisp $50 bill and hands it to you. Oh, thank you. And I just pocket it. U.S. currency. Yeah, U.S. Yes. Uh, Auntie Bibbidi Bobbidi, these are my um, crewmates and my captain over there, Captain Seymour Butts. And Leonard Cat Toy and William Catner. We are playing with the bottom of her dress. And I'm looking at them shoes. It's nice to meet you, Miss Boppity. Oh, it's nice to meet you as well. What brings you to the sector of Oz? We happened to run into a cube. And I thought to myself, what's better than a cube? A sphere. So we're just looking for some help. Oh, dearie me, you must be on the run from those terrible Borg that my sister teamed up with. That we are. Your your sister, I knew it. I knew she was bad and evil and put Shrek in a mirror and we need to get him out. So, we believe that the man behind the curtain may have the means to do so and defeat the Borgs. 
Very well, then, if you seek to go behind the curtain. I feel like her voice is getting higher every time I speak <laughs> as her. The planet has a dense helium atmosphere. Yes. <laughs> Very well, if you wish to go behind the curtain, you're going to need these. And she slips off her ruby slippers and hands them over to you. But I warn you, the other artifacts... <coughs> but I warn you, the other artifacts on the other planetoids will not be so easy to get. Um, do you, can you give us any sort of heads up as to what to expect? I'm trying on the shoes to see if they fit. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Uh, roll just a luck check to see if they fit. <laughs> Remember, I am a short king, so my feet probably aren't really big. That you are. Uh, it's a plus one. Plus one, Dave. <laughs> If you take your lifts out of the boots that you're currently wearing and put them into these, then they will fit. Are these red slippers, do they have a heel? They do have a heel. Okay, then I'll take the lifts out. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Looking great, Captain. Don't get too used to them, though, because they are keys. <laughs> Bibbidi-bobbidi, we thank you for your assistance. Uh, you said the next few puzzle pieces will be rather difficult to find. Is there anything we need to know before advancing on our quest? Yes, my sister, the fairy godmother, the wicked witch of the West, placed guardians over the three artifacts that you seek. Guardians which represent the opposite of the virtue, which lie behind them. Guarding the nerve is the spirit of fear. Guarding the heart, the spirit of enmity and hatred. Guarding the brain, the spirit of ignorance. You will need to defeat all of these in order to gain that which you seek. This sounds pretty hard. Luckily, I am high as a kite. What? <laughs> oh, speaking of which, Auntie, can I go in and get some Funyuns? <laughs> of course, I always keep them. I've got the spicy queso version. It's new, just for you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Auntie. And I go into the house, get the Funyuns, come and give them back to William. <laughs> this is exactly what I needed. Um, I, ever since, you know, Shrek disappeared uh i've been acting as leonard and william's sponsor so i pull out my a little booklet and i'm like now william uh or, or is it leonard who you know no we're not trying to shame here but who fell off the wagon that would be and they both fall over they're sobering <laughs> up um don't don't worry captain i know how to get them on the ship and i and i reach into my my pack i i'm, I'm holding a bag or whatever and i get out the cat toy with the the stick and the little fuzzball um at the end oh, we shoot up and our eyes are like <laughs> um, this way kitties and i like just take it let's get back to the ship <laughs> or get to the next planet whichever way we're going all right Kay. we are we are like puppets on a string <laughs> all right you teleport back up onto the ship uh, real quick, Officer Charming, roll with Clever to see if you notice something. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. I got a plus one. Plus one. <laughs> All right. I'm going to make a sneaky roll over here on my end. Oh, no. That's a plus two. Ah! So what you don't notice is the little fuzzball on the end of the string pops off and goes chirping off into a corner. <laughs> Here on the SSS swamp. <laughs> that won't come back to bite us or anything. Yeah, that's probably fine. That's normal. When we get back to the ship, the first thing I do is I kind of do a jump back and I like, whew, because I see the, the gingerbread copy kind of just standing stoically in the corner, not moving. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Hey, we need to be beamed down to the other three planetoids. I vote we conquer fear right now while I'm coming out of my catnip high. This feels like a good time to conquer fear. <laughs> I've got your back, buddy. You know I'm here to support you. Thank you, Captain Butts. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So you teleport down to the south planetoid 
and on this planetoid you can see a world corrupted. A place that formerly was full of brave, proud fauna, all of it withered and stunted at this point. You look around you and you see a bunch of what sh look like they could be lions, bold and noble, but instead emaciated and withered, all of them kind of staring at you with baleful glowing yellow eyes and skittering off into the wilderness as you approach. So this is what I come from. I like where I'm at much more than these <laughs> poor souls. <sighs> me and uh, me and me taking a good deep breath and see if we can smell the scent of fear. All right, go ahead and roll with clever. Then let's say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh dang, that is plus four. Nice. Yes, you definitely smell it, and you kind of point it out to your friends, and you're like, "Yes, smell in that direction." And what you smell, Leonard slash William, is perhaps a little bit of feces-soaked fur <gasps> off in that direction. Oh, no. But uh, the other two of you, you don't smell that. Mm. I reckon that what Officer Charming probably smells would be his mother's perfume. Oh. And what Captain Butts would smell would maybe be, I don't know, abandonment? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lack of smells? I just, <gasps> I get a strong scent of Shrek going out to, you know, pick up milk and never coming back. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you're all smelling a different thing coming from off in the distance. Oh, uh, and I get out my tricorder and I start scanning. Mommy, are you over there? <laughs> <laughs> I feel fear. Yes, and in response to that, you all hear a voice emanating back towards you. Officer Charming, the voice you hear says... Oh, yes, dear son. Why don't you come give mummy a hug? <gasps> but, Leonard Cattoy, what you hear is your own voice saying, Oh, please, just one more hit. One more hit. That's all I need. Um, Captain Butts, I guess you hear a closing door surround followed by silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over I'm over in the corner just like wide-eyed and kind of shaking. Uh, 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 let's uh be be bold, team. <laughs> Phases to stun. Will you hold my hand? Yes. So yeah, little, little paw, little paw in hand, and I'm holding uh, Leonard on my right hand. And then I'll hold, I'll hold uh, Charming's hand in my other hand. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's go! <laughs> and you start <laughs> skipping in unison. <laughs> I, I start, I start kind of under my breath. I'm going. Catnip abandonment mommy issues. Oh my! <laughs> Catnip abandonment mommy issues. Oh my! <laughs> oh, oh, Captain, I know what can help here. We we need some uh, help, and I get out my disc man. And I, and I play, I need a hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. So yeah, as you begin approaching, you don't see the creature that you're looking for, but you hear rustling coming from all of the emaciated plants around you. I have created a six clock for the spirit of fear. Ooh. So it is up to you guys how you want to try and overcome the spirit of fear. Um, I got my phasers. I would, I would like to hold the paw in one hand and the hand in the other. And I would like to, I may not be a Vulcan, but they are my, you know, brothers. So I would like to try and use a bit of logic to say, this isn't real. This isn't real. All right. Go ahead and roll to overcome with, well, let's have you roll to attack with clever. All right. Cool. 
I would like to use my aspect, Drist, but Romulan. <laughs> I would like to re-roll because I got a zero. I got three minuses on the dice. That is bad. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's a five. Five. Very nice. Yes, the Spirit of Fear, this is the second planet that you are uh, trying to conquer. So the difficulty is two for these. With a roll of five, that is three ticks on the six clock. Ooh, okay. You are looking around, you're listening every direction, just thinking like, which way did Shrek go? And you realize, wait a second, Shrek is back on the ship. And you see one of the trees, the tree nearest to you, starts to kind of fill back out, a little bit of color returning to its leaves. There we go. Mm, cool. We can overcome this together. We are a crew. That we are, Captain. Okay. I would like to take me and my other half-sober me and attack the, f the dirty poop-colored me. <laughs> All right, yeah, you are looking around. You're following the sounds of the rustling throughout the foliage around you, and you peer through a couple of the trees, and you see an image that you are unfortunately all too familiar with yourself dressed in raggedy old clothes, a very slouchy beanie pulled down low over your <laughs> eyes, and you see yourself twitching your tail, spasming back and forth. And as you see yourself, uh, what does your attack look like? I am going to set my phaser. Too fun. Um, <laughs> it is the stun option on Phaser, but I put a label over it that says fun. <laughs> and I'd like to kill the past with fun, with where I'm at now, which is actually pretty bad. Yes. Uh, because I relapsed today, but still. Okay, that sounds Die, like... Die, old me! Die! <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to kill the past with fun, that sounds flashy, perhaps? Yes, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah! Oh, good. <laughs> that is a one. All right. <laughs> Could I double down? You can double down. Okay. Okay. So I'd like to join in with Cat Toy. Uh, or yeah, yeah. So we are both going at this guy. So William's got the phaser. Leonard has the plasma claws, which are just little caps that go over his claws. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you two free invokes for doubling down. Love it. Okay. So reroll? Question mark? Reroll or add two for each invoke. I'm going to go ahead and add. Add All right. Get the freebie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so difficulty of two, that brings your one up to a five. That is three more ticks on the six clock. Ah, take that fear. Yeah. You see yourself, you pull out the phaser and say, I love and respect you, but I need you to go now. <laughs> and, uh, and like charming, you look and see Leonard Cat Toy pull out a phaser and shoot your mom in the face. <laughs> and Sorry, charming. Uh, as it hits, there's this big old boom, ripple of energy, this magical sparkling that covers the entire planet. And as it goes out like a shockwave, the trees come back to life. The noble lions regain their composure. And one of them steps up to you, Leonard Cat Toy slash William Katner, and says, My young brother, I'm so glad to see you here. I am glad to be here, my old brother. Just remember, we as cat kind have layers too. Oh, ain't it just the truth? Ain't it the truth? <laughs> and he reaches under and he says, you want to see what's under this layer? <laughs> Sorry. That... What do you, yeah, what do you got? Let's... <laughs> <laughs> he reaches into his robe and pulls out the nerve. <gasps> no. Could we use that, brother? For us? Of course, of course. Oh. You take this behind the curtain and see what there is. <laughs> to you too, brother. 
All right. <laughs> and you have defeated the spirit of fear and obtained your second item that you need to unlock the curtain. All right. And uh, so, yeah, we got two planets left. But, uh, you know, I think it's probably looking at the clock here. Okay, we're going to end with a little cutscene before we end this episode. Huh. Yes, we travel over to one of the two remaining planets that you have not yet explored, where a screen is flickering in the darkness. And watching the screen is a figure who says, Oh, my dear boy and his friends coming to ruin everything. You see a finger push a button and an intercom link is established. And the voice says, Captain Farquaad, they're here at the sphere. And the voice says, very well, I will be on my way soon. Our new creation grows more powerful by the moment. You hear a roaring from the background coming over the intercom. And Lord Farquaad begins laughing. The figure behind the screen begins laughing. And as they're laughing crescendos, that is where we're going to pick up next time. Oh, no. <laughs> Twists and turns. Holy cow. Yeah, Twists and turns indeed. I know the fake campaigns <laughs> always sort of get off the rails, but this one feels We're like... on new tracks. This is great. <laughs> yeah. We're not even a train anymore. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is a boat now. It's a completely new mode of transportation. <laughs> yeah. The weird thing to me is that it's working. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is so I, great. Yeah. This is way great. This is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere good. Mm -hmm. My good friend Brett sent me this while we were recording. Red Shirt Charming really does put the flash in flashing. Yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listeners, we've got a lot to sort out in this final episode, but you'll have to wait until next time to hear how that goes. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with the thrilling conclusion of our adventures in the world of Star Shrek. If you want more, go and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as one little mini teensy tiny stowaway Tribble who managed to get his way onto a ship. If you go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us there, maybe you want to talk with Connor about uh, where you can find the discography of Mod Rats, the hit band, <laughs> then uh, don't be afraid to reach out. Now it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club patrons. Woo! This week, we are shouting out, first of all, our newest member of the Sticker Club, Paul Cosgrove. Paul. Yeah. yeah, Paul. Welcome to the club. Along with our other friends, Tim Rust and Tyson Lanzen. And Paul Cosgrove, this is not a shout out within the lore of Star Trek, but uh, if you are interested in playing the Avatar Legends role-playing system, Paul made the best foundry module for Avatar Legends that is out there. Oh, it's That's so nice. cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Way to go, Paul. So check it out on Foundry. And uh, thank you very much to Paul for helping out with that. And Tim Rust and Tyson Lanzen are a couple of little tribbles who managed to... <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah, they used to be just one tribble who snuck onto the SSS swamp, but then they ate the last dwarf, and now there are two of them. So Tim Rust and Tyson Lanzen have fun just uh, wreaking havoc roughshod all over the SSS swamp while these guys are trying to solve the puzzle. We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week, and if you, dear listener, want to join their ranks, consider joining our patrons Patreon at patreon.com slash improv tabletop, where you can also get things like Discord access, biennial sticker packs, and more, such as our current ongoing patron exclusive campaign, Dumbledore's Delinquents. 
Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Not going to lie. Pretty good. And uh, another fun thing that you can get if you join our Patreon that has just started is our listeners have been asking me for cooking videos because I talk a lot about cooking on the Discord. <laughs> and so I've started making them. They're legit. I, I watched one. They're legit. <laughs> yeah. After this, I'm going to go make an omelet and uh, <laughs> post that up there. So, yeah, if you want to get some of those cooking videos, then consider joining our Patreon. It's a lot of fun over there. Now let's do a round of plugs. Connor, would you like to take that this time around? Oh, yeah. I would like to plug a book. Surprise, surprise. A book series called The Bobaverse, which <laughs> uh, reminds me quite a lot of Star Trek. And a lot of my recent Star Trek knowledge comes from that book referencing Star Trek. Uh, the Bobaverse is a great little sci-fi book that feels very much like an American sci-fi isekai. I know we, we toss around that word isekai quite a lot here in the show because it's a genre Christian and I like. Uh, that said, it's a ton of fun. It's like, what if we got this, uh, I don't know, like 30 year old and just cloned him a bunch and then had him be responsible for most of human civilization in the future. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, lots of really fun space exploration stuff. There are Dyson spheres. There are the equivalent of Borgs. If you like sci-fi, check out We Are Legion, We Are Bob and the Bobbyverse series as a whole. Nice. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. This is a very timely plug. Uh, we often talk about our sister podcast, iCast Fireball. Last night, as of this recording, we finished recording the final battle of the campaign. Man. And Boy. big stuff happens in that episode. <laughs> Holy cow. So I'm, excited. I'm really happy with it. I rolled quite possibly the best natural 20 that I've ever rolled in my life. Wow. You've rolled some very good natural 20s. So I'm True. intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not going to be the final episode of the campaign. We are going to have a little epilogue, but uh, holy cow, I'm very, very happy with how that turned out. So go check out iCast Fireball. Do it. Well, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of Star Shrek. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Christian Randall, very afraid. Conrad Woodard, recovering catnip user. Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and he's boldly going where no one has gone before. <laughs> Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. I love this. Uh, Connor actually found a little image that he sent to us during the course of recording. <laughs> yeah. A cat in a Starfleet uniform <laughs> playing with a bunch of tribbles. It's great. <laughs> <laughs>